Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Yalda is an Iranian queer man, radical fairy, DJ musician, poet, activist and masseur. Now a Lismore local, Yalda grew up surrounded by lush green nature in the north of Iran near the Caspian Sea. He attended an Islamic high school and his experiences in Iran led him to develop a strong passion for human rights and protesting injustice. Two things guide him in life, music and massage. He uses both to work on the spirit, soul, body, heart and mind. This story was recorded at Queer Stories in Mullumbimby in 2021, presented in partnership with local org Queer Family and hosted by Aidan Gentle. Follow Queer Stories and Queer Family on Facebook for event updates in the Northern Rivers. Wow, what a beautiful night with all these beautiful people here. just makes me nervous. <laughs> so I start my story. Uh, ten years ago, I decided to leave my country to find more peace and freedom. I left Iran to Turkey, and after meeting UNHCR's lawyers, I have been accepted as a homosexual refugee. Then I got my temporary visa, refugees visa, and I could start my journey in another Islamic country again. <laughs> it was a long way to get my permanent visa to third country, which I didn't know when and how it would happen. I found a small city, um, and I found a cute a small apartment in South Turkey, where I started my new life again on my own. Mersin was a small, very small city, and um, most of the people couldn't speak English or understand. Uh, even some of them were against to the Western culture and their languages. So whenever I tried to speak English, uh, they even look at me worse. <laughs> However, uh, after living in Mersin for one and a half a year, I could speak Turkish fluently, and I felt more connected to their culture and new country and city. Everything was looking not too bad, uh, till one day when I was walking in the city center, a few masculine Turkish men stopped me in the street and told me, you come here right now. They stopped me in the street, and uh, one of them raised his voice and uh, um, asked me, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm just walking in the street. And I was a little bit scared, and but I couldn't ignore them or pass them. I felt they would be more aggressive and chase me or attack me in the street. So I tried to calm down and see what is going to happen. And I said, uh, hello, how are you? They said, why are you plucking your eyebrows? Are you not a man? I said, hmm, I didn't pluck them. My eyebrows all like, look like this. <laughs> They laughed at me so loudly and, stay, and started asking more questions about my gender and sexuality and the country I was coming from, common question. And I felt they, they verbally were getting a little bit, because they were speaking Turkish and I could understand a little bit Turkish, but I wanted to pretend I don't understand everything because 
the verbally they were getting more insulting and the attacking tone uh, were so aggressive and abusive. So suddenly I thought it might be better to pretend that I really don't understand as much Turkish language. And that was my saver idea. I passed that day safely, but after that experience, I couldn't live in Mersin City anymore. I decided to move to Istanbul, uh, where I knew the homosexual community was much bigger, so I would be more acceptable in society. I went to the police station uh, to let them know that I can live in this city and I'm not feeling safe here because of so many, so much nationalism and homophobia. Uh, of course, as a refugee, you have no right to move to any, any other cities before the government permissions. So they straightway rejected my request. Uh, I was so angry, really angry and disappointed. Couldn't believe that I'm in a bigger prison and I have less freedom in here than Iran. While my hands were so shaking and my eyes was full of fears, I responded, I'm not a prisoner. I'm, I didn't do any crime. I left my country, country to have more freedom. I wish you could understand me, but of course you cannot even imagine my situation. I will live if I have to, and no one can stop me by myself. I left Mersin and I started uh, my new life in Istanbul again. I found a beautiful home with open-minded, atheist, feminist, Turkish housemaids um, who got into my heart so quickly. I started to explore the nightlife, gay cafes, nightclub, live music, ancient architecture uh, places, and I found more radical friends. I had a wonderful time and life in Istanbul, and I even fell in love two times with hot Turkish men. <laughs> they broke my heart, but all good. <laughs> uh, after a year and a half, I got a phone call from uh, Australian Embassy, finally, and they told me that uh, your visa is on, the, on its way and it's getting ready, and my flight being booked uh, will be booked so soon. So I had to check my account on, UN, uh, on the UNHCR's website to get more information every day. I was like clicking every day, just checking, nothing changed, <laughs> really. And after half an, half an a year, I had a few weeks to pack my stuff, uh, but before leaving Turkey, I need to go back again to the city I was coming from to get the exit letter from Turkish police, that I haven't done anything criminal. Hello, Mr. Officer. I'm, I came back to, to get my exit letter. Officer said, oh, Yalda, is it you? Where have you been all these times? I said, I was, in, I was living in Istanbul. I have told you about my situation before. Mr. Officer said, and we told you that you cannot, it's impossible. Yalda, we pulled out your name and all, the, your, all your documentary from the system, you do not exist for us. How can I write an exit letter for someone who doesn't exist? I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe what is happening. And I said, but I'm here now. Can you see me? I'm, I'm, I'm a small one. <laughs> My visa is ready. My flight have been booked by UN. If I don't get my exit letter, soon I will have to wait in the queue again and, I'm, and no one knows how long that would take to get my second flight. He said, Yalda, you broke the laws. 
by leaving this city without permission. I can arrest you now and keep you here tonight and even deport you to Iran, but because I really like you and you're a respectful person, I'll let you to go now and I pretend I haven't seen you. Go back to wherever you were before and never come back again. It was one of the worst days in my life. I still can feel it. I called the human rights organization in England, Turkey, Canada, and whoever that I knew to ask for help. I was too scared to be deported. Sitting at balcony, watching the beautiful Mediterranean Sea, crying, feeling so depressed and alone, my phone rang. It was Samira, one of my best friends who was a Kurdish refugee in Iran, from Iran. She said, I'm coming to see you. Give me your address, because I was living in the new place. She didn't know. We can talk at the beach, have a shisha, <laughs> cry, and talk together. She said, please, please come with me, Yalda. Just stop thinking for tonight. I will take you to a Turkish cafe. The cafe is so beautiful, and some fortune teller are always at the cafe. Maybe they can tell us something, and we just have a Turkish cafe and a ciggy. Cigarette before, now I'm Ozzy, I say Siggy. <laughs> the cafe was full of people, but quiet, quiet. Staffs are saving coffee and teas and, uh, teas and drinks. Suddenly I saw a gypsy Turkish woman walking in the cafe. She felt my vibe and turned back and stared at my eyes. She walked out and came to us and said, Hello, darlings. How is your day? Is everything fine? And I said, well, I don't know what to say. Can I ask a question? Are you fortune teller? <laughs> she smiled and said, yes, my son. What's happening for you? I said, I really don't know, and I don't want to share any, anything about myself with you. If you want to read my cup or tarot card, I, I doubt about fortune tellers, but I believe in metaphysics. So would you like to tell us uh, what, you, what you see in our Turkish coffee, coffee cups and open a tarot for me? <laughs> she asked a permission to sit and we welcome her. Uh, you have a big legal problem and that's worrying you too much, she said. You feel you are alone and you can't find any solution. Things are so messy and mixed up. And you cry a lot. Your cups is full of tears. Now I'm impressed. I said, please, tell me what you see. Continue. I don't want to give any information. That's how I can believe if you are saying true <laughs> or not. She said to me, look at me and my friends. And look at our eyes. I was like, you both are loving each other so much. But you are not partner. I see a very strong friendship which will last forever if you don't let anyone come between you. She did that. And my son, I know you are having a very difficult time and you see nowhere to go, but you will leave this country very soon. You are going somewhere so far away by plane. It's, it looks like a big, massive island. My mouth was widely open and I was so speechless. And I said, no, I'm stuck here. She continued, my darling, I can see so much protection and help. You will leave Turkey before New Year, and before you leave, you will celebrate and share your happiness with your old friends. You also will continue celebrating your life in your new country, that, that land is a wonderful place, you will have a great life there. 
I got goosebumps. I'm so surprised by all the information that she was giving to me. Whatever she said came true. I got my flight, an exit letter, just in two weeks. <laughs> I still have, thank you. I celebrated with all my friends for days and nights in Istanbul nightclubs. <laughs> um, and when I arrived to Australia, it was 12 December. Um, everywhere was full of lights and Christmas preparation and a new year ahead. And I remember I was so drunk. <laughs> At gay nightclub, I'm dancing so happy, I'm feeling so free, extremely lucky. And I still have her voice in my head, really. Whenever things get a little bit difficult, I'm like, she's coming back and telling me, enjoy your life, don't worry too much about anything. Everything is getting sorted so soon. Have a magical night, beautiful creature. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share your favourite tales on the socials, and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. You can also follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram.